All right, guys, so welcome, welcome. Today I'm gonna try some interesting uh, different types of content, a little bit of behind the scenes, what's going on in the actual market um, today. So uh, I'm not sure exactly the direction, you know, I've been tinkering with a few ideas in my mind of where, you know, where we could possibly take this channel, um, some different roads, maybe, you know, some market recap weekly, that type of thing, I'm not exactly sure. Um, exactly which what all we can do however the markets obviously a broad subject and I'd like to get into a little bit um, you know maybe some tips some advice something like that um, anyway so uh, so maybe some behind-the-scenes stories that you know you may not have caught um, if, if you weren't really paying attention that much today so obviously uh, the markets have been taking quite quite a beating lately uh, you know the Nasdaq 100 fell you know over 3% today Good stuff, fun stuff, guys, right? Anyway, <laughs> no, obviously the market's been doing terrible the last couple of weeks, um, unless you've been shorting it, which congratulations, pat yourself on the back if you have. Uh, however, otherwise, the market's not been, not been very fun lately. Um, but some interesting behind the scenes stories I wanna go over are, um, first, let's look at the government bonds here. So, you know, obviously over the past, you know, let's say, hmm, you know, let's basically take up first. Let's rewind it all the way back to 1980s. Paul Volcker took over, uh, you know, the Fed. You know, inflation was wild. He he jacked up rates too. You could literally buy a government uh, treasury for you know 15% coupon per year. So that would be nice nowadays. But unfortunately, you've basically got zero percent um, for the last 10 years. Uh, in real terms, uh, negative at some points nominally, or vice uh, versa. Switch that, but. Um, and literally negative in Japan um, so still <laughs> which by the way guys if any money manager has you sitting in any in instrument with a negative stated coupon uh, or yield rather um, you should fire them instantly because what that's saying is that you are in writing guaranteed to get less than your principal back at the end of maturity which would make zero sense under any circumstances so something to be mindful of so Obviously, the you know you know trying to rewind it again, going back to Volcker because this is a very important theme. But you know, I, I, you got to keep coming back to um, bonds. Obviously, and in interest rates have inverse relationship. That that's not an opinion. That's that's just a fact. That that's not a conspiracy. You know, that's just a method of how assets are priced. The discounting rate goes up, the present value goes down, especially on an asset that has a stated coupon. Um, and obviously, the longer the duration, the more sensitive to interest rates you're going to be as a bond. So um, that's why you know I gotta I gotta keep 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 warning. You know, be careful with these J and K junk bond ETFs, these HYG high yielding ETFs. Um, they're very sensitive, more so than people might think, to you know even slight uh, any bumps in interest rates. So um, be careful there. Uh, also, behind the scenes. So I want to take an interesting look at um, a good some good charts I saw today. Number one, we're going to go this high-grade credit default swap index suddenly spiking here. Now, obviously, this is high-grade credit default swap index, which means you expect it to be rather range-bound and uninteresting. Uh, these are high-grade bonds. Um, credit that we're talking about here. These are very solid companies, AAA, you know, 
double um, A rated bonds, A rated bonds, you know, double uh, B plus maybe uh, if we're getting, if we're feeling freaky. But um, you would expect this to be a very boring index because who thinks they need credit defaults? Okay, so first let's, let's go uh, make sure we're all on the same page here. So a credit default swap index would be the price, essentially an indexed price of, uh, you know, let's say the aggregate cost of insurance for protecting against default events on high-grade credit. So basically, you're, this is the, pr um, you know, let's say a weighted average or so price of all the financial instruments out there, essentially in this default swap for the high-grade market. So essentially, this is the price to pay for betting, a, you know, essentially insurance um, against the deterioration of, of balance sheet quality on, on very solid, stable companies uh, according to their, their credit rating. So you'd expect this to be uneventful, flat, range-bound, not big moves either way, really. Um, you know, these would be high-quality high, high names, you know, in the Dow, something like that, Johnson & Johnson, that, that type of thing. Um, you know, pretty boring companies, um, and you'd expect this to, this to sort of mirror the nature of the companies that they're following here. Very boring. Now, you would expect massive moves here in, let's say, the high yield market because those are full of very um, companies in very precarious situations in terms of their, you know, interest ratios, that type of thing, and their coverage ability here. Um, very susceptible to rising interest rates if we are talking more about the high yield uh, market here. So this would be very normal, but this piqued my interest and I think you guys might find it interesting as well. Um, this is a big move here and it's very sudden and it contrasts highly with this down here. Now, obviously, you know, it harkens back to this a little bit. You know, let's look at the one month here. NASDAQ 100 is down 7% almost. You know, a lot of the gains have been wiped out this year. Now, is this merely emotional? Are, are, you know, a lot of the hedge funds have been getting just obliterated lately because they haven't had any hedges put it on. Um, and then this happened. So, you know, um, you know, I mean, look at this year to date. Oh, that's gold. Never mind. <laughs> Ignore that. Um, which is also unfunny, but um, anyway, so you know, this 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 is usually seen when people get caught off off their toes or caught on their toes, whatever the saying is. Um, however, you don't really expect to see that when the Fed has been forecasting for months and months and months and years, actually, the exact rate and pace of twenty-five basis point increments hiking. You know, every few months or so, slow and steady, the turtle wins the race, right? I don't know why people are freaking out about particularly the Fed rising interest rates when, you know, they've been screaming it through a megaphone for the past year and a half, two years. Uh, and again, you know, if we go back to the bonds themselves, people were freaking out when it was 2.99 versus 3 on, on the yield, right? Now this is interesting for several reasons. It's it's again it's really important not to fall into these psychological traps. So why do companies selling products always seem to price their merchandise as X dollars and ninety nine cents as the cost on the label? 
right? What's the difference between X and 99 cents and X plus one dollars? The difference is only one penny, which you probably won't even pick up off the ground if you walked past it. So why do companies always price at 2.99 or you know x.99% or x x and 99 cents because they know that it triggers an emotional psychological you know bias in our head that we can't you know keep straight in our head the difference of one penny you know because it looks more aesthetically cheaper even though it's it's basically nothing. So same thing with bond prices or uh, bond yields here on the treasuries. So you know, people thought the world was going to collapse if if, you know, the 5-year went to 3% or the 10-year went to 3%. Oh no, the world couldn't handle it, but it could surely handle 2.99, right? So think about same sort of concept as as pricing the products at two, at at you know. Think of this as if you were buying, you know, something in the grocery store and someone suddenly changed the price from 2.99 to $3 would you put it down and you know run away because it was so much more expensive now no and it's not going to ding your wallet if you end up paying $3 for it either same thing with a company right all consumers have you know assets and liabilities same thing with companies they're not going to freak out and realistically if you know one basis point increase on on the tenure, right? Now, obviously, you know, 25, 50 basis points can make a difference over time if you keep stacking them and compounding them on a company's, it, you know, it can it can provide some serious strain, but a one basis point increase on the tenure is not gonna suddenly crush the economy. So keep that, keep those type of biases in line and in mind and in check when you hear these things, especially when you talk hear people talking about it on CNBC, that type of thing, Bloomberg, um, any any sort of business articles you might be reading, you know, keep that in mind that there's a difference between sudden swings in price versus their actual effect on the underlying assets, um, who's you know actually getting hit by this in in the long run. So keep that in mind. So um, after we, you know, keep that in mind here, there's another interesting picture that, that, that ties into this. Look at, I saw this uh, recently, this is an interesting chart I wanted to show you. So uh, keep in mind, you know, interest rates were trending downwards uh, from the 80s way, 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 way here. And then, you know, if you could plot also the interest rate on the 10 year, it'd be trending down like this. Um, then we get to here, 08. And You'll notice, obviously, the crash happened 0809. You know, interest rates dropped to basically zero. Um, that means, and then for the past ten or so years, they've been zero, basically, effectively on on a real terms, not nominally. Well, even almost nominally, they're basically zero. Anyway, so companies for the past ten years have had access to free capital, essentially, and they took advantage of it, as would anyone getting free anything essentially so it's interesting to note that the slipperiest triple b rating here um, for investment grade has been the one that have been throwing out the most or throwing out uh, issuing the most corporate credit here so you know 
they you know while you see here um, a rated has basically just you know a little more than doubled or so these triple B's which you should always be skeptical when someone's on the on the fringe here between investment and, and, and non-investment grade credit here um, you know what's the incentive to downgrade versus, versus, versus hold for these rating companies here on especially on the cusp but you notice that solidly investment grade has essentially just doubled and stayed relatively flat meanwhile the ones on the slippery slope have more than doubled from two to five trillion this is a trillion on this right axis here keep that in mind <coughs> that that should be alarming in and of itself and i'm not certain off the top of my head however you know if we were to drop this down to maybe c rating it might be exponentially higher than the triple b's which should be scary um if if, if we have the the junk rated that's exponentially higher than the triple b's and now we're starting to get the rise in interest rates, albeit only you know 25 basis points at a time. That adds on quick for these 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 junk bonds, you know, especially in the energy sector. They've been getting crushed. These HYG, the JNK, high yielding ETFs. Be careful in those things. Liquidity is not going to be as strong as you might think, especially in a high stress situation uh, in the global economy, um, especially in a hawkish Fed cycle um, with the rising rates. That hits them really quickly, guys. So be careful there. But anyway, so this has been just sort of a behind the scenes, interesting look at some charts of the day, uh, maybe charts of the week. I'm not exactly sure exactly the content route. I'm thinking about taking this channel, but um, you know, if you have any comments or suggestions, uh, what you want to see more of, less of, um, content-wise, maybe some interesting stories of the day a few times a week, something like that. Um, you know, interesting articles, um, charts of the day, charts of the week, sort of behind the scenes analysis, you know, lightning round companies, yay or nay, um, you know, some, some company specific analysis, maybe. Um, just let me know in the comments, like or subscribe. I think that's the obligatory thing every YouTuber supposed to say at the beginning and end of their videos. So hit that like or subscribe button and, um, Give me some feedback. Let me know what you guys want to see more of. All I want to do is help you guys make money um, and have some fun along the way. You know, market memes, maybe. I don't know. Something markets don't have to be boring. They can be funny and hilarious sometimes, actually. Um, so let me know. And um, yeah, thanks for watching.